everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. It's been another busy news week, and we like to review the major stories of the week here on the Black Information Network. Today, we are joined by Black Information Network news anchors, Andrea Coleman and Bree Wood, to discuss this week's major stories. This is our daily story, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. Well, the big news of the week is still very much the Buffalo mass shooting. Andrea, uh, bring us up to speed. What's going on with that? Well, you know, I don't know if we know much more than uh, what's already been released, Ramses, and that is, you know, we understand that the suspect has been arrested, uh, interestingly, peacefully, uh, and, you know, 10 people died uh, of the 13 that were shot. Uh, Those 10 who died were African-American. We understand the first victim will be laid to rest and by the end of the week. And uh, that there is a community that's in mourning, that's in shock. There's a country that I think is numb again. We have seen this happen repeatedly. And the response this time to me is just eerily silent. I keep waiting to see who's going to take lead on just expressing the hurt, the depth, the pain that the African-American community is feeling. And I've yet to hear from anyone. Uh, We haven't heard from the Al Sharptons as of yet. We haven't seen anyone come and put voice to feeling. And that to me uh, is interesting. I think we may be getting to that point where we don't know how to respond anymore. Just wondering at what point and at what time can an 86 year old woman, grandmother, go to a grocery store and make it home safely? A father who's picking up a cake for his three-year-old son dies. At what point does the Black community find safety in this country? At what point and in what place do we get to rest and feel secure in our community doing everyday, ordinary things? We were raised to do right, to stay away from the wrong people, to always be in the right place at the right time. I absolutely agree with you, Andrea. And talking about 
how do we deal? I don't know if you saw the report uh, of one of the anchors, a CNN anchor by the name of Victor Blackwell, young black man standing right outside of Tops reporting on the incident right after it happened. And he could not even contain himself just discussing the fact that he's done 15 of these reports this year. And he said, he'll probably do another one. And that is the most devastating part. Um, And he had the same questions that you've basically just asked. And he asked them on air and said, how do we go on? How does this become normal? We don't ever want it to become normal. We don't want to become numb as a society to mass shootings like this, to killings, to blatant racism. And the killer gets taken alive in all of these cases where people just walk in churches, they're walking up to you in the grocery store with assault rifles and just taking our people out of here and they get taken peacefully. How many people are we going to lose that have no idea what's going on? Yet we have mass murderers out here who are being taken peacefully into custody. And now he gets to sit while these people have to plan funerals and mourn their loved ones. And I have a friend who actually uh, lives in the Buffalo area. And I spoke to her uh, this week and she said that the mood is just depressing outside, even though the community is coming together uh, to feed people while the store is closed indefinitely. We still don't have a date on when that's reopening, but uh, they're trying their best to keep spirits high and just let people know that this is not the end. Like we have something to live for. We have something to look forward to another day. It's just devastating. So one, it's interesting that this suspect had a history that he had made mention in high school of actually committing a similar act, mm-hmm. was placed under some evaluation, but then was released. So my thought was and is what constitutes a person's a person's ability to get off such watch what what did they not see or what did they see that said that he was okay and that he was no longer a risk whatever that was they need to reevaluate it and make certain that they're paying proper attention to these guidelines to whatever criteria they're using to evaluate people who have the potential for violence and then they need to make certain that their rubric their metric is sure, so that this does not happen again and people do not fall off a list when they apparently need to be on it. Mm. And then secondly, there was a young man, it was a white man on Facebook that I saw who stated this so eloquently. He said, how is it that a young white man can go and shoot 13 people in a store, broad daylight, and get arrested peacefully? Right. George Floyd goes into a little corner store shop in Minnesota, uses a counterfeit $20 bill, and he loses his life at the hands of the people who are hired to protect him. Now, that is the difference between white America and black America today. And at some point, that that gap needs to narrow. And someone's going to have to have the courage on both sides to come together and say this cannot be tolerated. These are innocent people. I was going to say, you know, speaking to the point you made about him making the threat in school, he brushed it off as a joke. And an article I read, the school district won't even make a comment regarding why they let him off after that. He brushed it off and said, oh, I was kidding. 
And his parents did nothing about it either. So we don't have an answer on why that was allowed to just happen. They just let him go because he said, oh, I was kidding. But now, look, look, the joke is on us. You know, there's something here that I think that you, Andrea and Bree, uh, you mentioned earlier, you've touched on this, that we're really living in two different Americas here. There is a, an article from the, uh, that, that cited the National Association of Black Journalists, um, which noted that the Associated Press referred to, you know, gun violence victim Michael Brown as an 18-year-old Black man. Um, but then referred to the white supremacist shooter, the self-proclaimed white supremacist shooter in Buffalo uh, as an 18-year-old white teenager, you know, and so black man, white teenager, it's like they're trying to minimize this. Um, and this is just a media's take on it. You've already kind of illuminated, you know, the other ways that we experience America in two different ways. And mm-hmm. the one thing, that I'm confident that listeners of this show would want is, you know, some, some actionable plan. So what are, what is it that we're going to do, you know, moving forward? How are we going to respond to this? And at least where I live, you know, my plan is to become even more engaged with the political system, you know, I'm a, I'm a media personality. And so my job is to talk about what's going on, but I'm also a voter. I'm also an individual. I'm also a father. I'm also a black man. And if I can't do anything more, I will do at least that much. I will next time I get letter writing campaigns sent to my, my text on my phone. I think that now's the time for me to recognize that you know, I, I can do more and I should do more and therefore I will do more um, if I need to charge my, you know, political leadership, even if I didn't vote for the person in, in, in office, I am going to make those calls, go and visit those offices. And because I have a platform, um, I have a, a couple of platforms, actually, there might be the capacity for me to even get a response from these people who don't like to respond. And so living in two different Americas, and I believe it was Andrea that mentioned that we need to narrow the gap between the two different Americas. This is what I am committing to myself and to my children that I will do moving forward because this, the the theory behind um, his attack, this great replacement theory uh, the notion that white, really it's it's white men that kind of champion that theory, but that white people are deliberately being replaced. And there is this concerted effort by everyone else to replace and displace white people um, from the uh, political system and from the country itself. We know that that is a shared delusion among those relatively few people, but it is very real in their minds as illustrated by the fact that they're willing to carry out not just this, but the attack in El Paso. There's been other attacks prior to this. Obviously we've seen, you know, attacks in churches. There's people who have attacked just in general. And so if, if we have to take anything from it, if, if those 10 lives are not going to be lost in vain, um, then I, I hope that that there are other people that are listening to us today that feel like, okay, we can't do nothing. So let's do what we can. 
And you know what, to piggyback off of what you said, I also appreciate, I believe the NABJ uh, suggested that news stations, uh, newsrooms across the country offer mental health services to their reporters who have to report on this. Mm. And I thought that was extremely important because it can be a lot. And that's an understatement to have to consistently talk about and then be on the scene of these tragic, tragic moments in history. And it's funny, the fact that mental health was used uh, as a commentary on the young white guy who mm-hmm. did all the shooting. Yeah. Like, well, do you think his mental health, not once do I remember hearing a reporter, a white reporter ask if mental health was an issue when it came to a black person being killed unjustly. Talk about the man with the automatic gun that's got the racist stuff written on it, by the way, sure. that says, here are your reparations. Sure. Really? And then apologizing to a white guy when he realized he was pointing his gun at him. Sure. Oh, sorry. You had time to go live on Twitch. And they did take that video down within two minutes, by the way. But the fact that you had the the forethought to make sure that other people were seeing you commit this atrocity. There's nothing. Yeah, there's something mental about it. But he was full aware of what he was doing. I think in, in his manifesto, it's important to mention that he addressed that. He said that he's not suffering from any sort of mental illness. He was in his right mind and he deliberately right. wanted to. He had planned it out for many months. He knew exactly where he was going to go, exactly what he was going to do. And had he not been caught at that grocery store, he would have moved on to other places and and claimed more lives. So, Mm um, you know, for, uh, there's one person in particular, one right-wing pundit whose name I don't need to, to, uh, to mention here. Um, but, uh, one such person did refer to him as an 18 year old mentally ill teenager or something mm-hmm. like that effectually that was what he called him but he did mention that his mental state somehow factored into his decision to go out and do this and that same right-wing pundit um sort of doubled and tripled down on this great replacement theory which is it's it's basically a, a very very thin veneer of patriotism mm-hmm. masking what is textbook white supremacy, textbook racism. And so we, re- we, we recognize here on this show, the show producer, Chris Thompson and I, and, and those who support um, the Black Information Network, but certainly this show recognize that our job is exceptionally important at this point in time, because we're not just fighting wars in the streets, we're fighting media wars. And, right. um the truth is more important than ever. And, and you know, it, it, it's always a pleasure to have, you know, women such as yourselves on this show to um, offer some perspective. And obviously you do this reporting uh, day in and day out. But, um, but yeah, I think that, you know, uh, the way that the National Association of uh, Black Journalists has kind of captured the essence of this kind of double standard here. Yeah. The uh, bias is blatant bias. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It is absolutely blatant. So like you said, moving forward, what you were going to do moving forward, I just uh, intend to be more vocal because Mm -hmm. that to me, uh, them calling it out, having it bold faced on their website, that to me is sounding the alarm. Like, okay, you need to speak up now. We cannot be afraid to call out the biases when we see them. Not so much after the fact, but the fact that it was still, you're still calling this man mentally ill when he has a manifesto, a complete manifesto online detailing 
what he was going to do. And we're still talking about him being mentally ill. Well, he is mentally ill, but that didn't stop him from doing what he was going to do. So I agree with the NABJ on that one. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Black Information Network news anchors Andrea Coleman and Bree Wood are here with us discussing this week's major stories. Ex-Minneapolis police officer Thomas Lane pleads guilty to manslaughter in George Floyd's death. Bree, uh, this time, let's start with you. I think that was the absolute right thing for him to do. Mm-hmm. He knew he was facing a mandatory 12-year sentence from the state if he were to lose his case and go to trial. Uh, upon further research on this, I uh, saw that he is a, a new father. He's got a newborn at home. So that played a major part in his decision to take this plea deal. And so him pleading guilty means that he will get, what is it, three years and he will do his time federally. And so his sentences are going to run concurrent and he'll be let out in two years. And so, you know, his lawyer is basically just like, he didn't want to risk missing all of his child's young life going to trial over this. So he went ahead and settled it. And, you know, I don't know if you can call that justice per se, but at least it's him taking some type of accountability for his actions. We have yet to see what the other two defendants will do in this case. But as far as he's concerned, I think he took the easy way and uh, he cut his losses because he knew it was probably a done deal based off of what happened with Derek Chauvin. So I'm going to say it was a smart move. And, and I would agree with that. Um, I think it was a smart move. My hope was that uh, his reasons for doing it were all the right reasons, which was a softening of his heart. 
and the acknowledgement that the life that they took was of value and of worth. Um, didn't quite hear that in his response and the reasoning why it seems he was still kind of focused on his own life and the benefits of him pleading guilty. But yet and still, it's something. And it's uh, it's more than what we've gotten in, I guess, the face of so many other tragedies that you know we've seen with African-Americans dealing with unjust situations. So as Bree said, it's something. And at this point, um, my thought is that's better than nothing. I tend to agree. Um, I was very upset, uh, like like you. I, I reported on the uh, the Kim Potter verdict. Uh, Kim Potter is the officer who took the life of Dante Wright. Um, she's the one that yelled "Taser, Taser, Taser" while firing her actual gun, and uh, ended that young man's life. And at her sentencing, you know, we found out that she wasn't going to really do any real time. You know, I think it will flesh out to about maybe a year and, and some change, year and a half-ish um, of actual time. Uh, and then she'll be free to live the rest of her life. Meanwhile, um, not to be grim or gruesome, but, you know, Dante Wright, he's, he's in the ground. And that felt hurtful. But the other side of that was that Oftentimes, these people, we know these people get away scot-free. So um, not to call Dante Wright the sacrificial lamb or anything like that, but now there is a, an established case precedent that says that behavior is wrong and it will be punished. We don't like the punishment, but it's chronicled. In, in the narrative of this country, that that is unacceptable behavior and it will be punished. And that's not nothing. And I, I know that there are people that would push back on that because he deserved more than that. His life was worth more than that. And I will see that entirely. I agree 100%. But I also recognize that we could have ended up with nothing. The woman could have walked scot-free and then that would have been even less mm -hmm. and we need to look at some of the positive things or things that might not feel positive but try to find the silver lining in them so that we don't become overwhelmed with grief and with hopelessness you know um earlier we were discussing you know mental health and and we the people <laughs> that's funny how that sounds but we the people <laughs> have to deal with that as well you know right. I, not just not just us who work in media and, and work in uh, journalism, but us as human beings, Ramses, the father of two sons has to deal with that and, and mm -hmm. to deal with, okay, I want my sons to be independent. I want to raise them as men. I want them to be confident. I want them to walk to school. Wait a minute. Do I really want them walking alone? Right. Those are the things that we need to deal with. And so it's important for us not to lose hope. And I believe that even small victories like that, that, that do not outweigh the crimes. We need to take our wins where we get them. And we, we have a long road ahead. Um, we've traveled a long road, but that's not nothing. So, um, you know, in this case, you know, it's, it's certainly not something that we would have expected, you know, uh, referring to Thomas Lane pleading guilty, but 
Um, he did plead guilty and he will be punished. And again, that's not nothing. So we'll take it. I'll take it. I can't speak for all of us. <laughs> I mean, we have no choice but to take it. Really, sure. it, it's not even about me. It's about, I'm thinking about George Floyd's family mm-hmm. and the fact that they've got to deal with his loss for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. So like you said, we'll take what we can get. At least it's him taking accountability. However, I don't think, I truly don't think he would have taken accountability had Derek Chauvin not been found guilty. Fair point. Had this went another way we probably wouldn't even be having this discussion. Fair point. Um, because thing, this usually doesn't go our way. <laughs> so, I Real. mean, I think that result made this decision. Sure, sure. And I'll, I'll jump on that, Brie. Um, I uh, actually had to research the number of officers who were on duty while killing a person, not just a Black person, a person, um, wrongfully killing a person who were ultimately convicted of a crime. And the, the numbers that I saw were, they, they differed at different sources, but going back to 1966, the number was somewhere between 30 and 50. And of Crazy. course there are tens of thousands of police killings. You know? Right. Um, and so we, we know the black community knows that there's tons of killings that didn't need to happen. Just, you know, we, let's let's bear in mind that uh, leading up to the Black Lives Matter movement in um, 2012, leading up uh-huh. to the death of Trayvon Martin, um, Trayvon Martin was when people said enough is enough and Black Lives Matter was born, the hashtag was born and the movement really started in 2012. Mm-hmm. But we have to remember there were so many police killings leading up to that in order for that to be the point where people said enough was enough. So we've right. been dealing with this for many years. I'm, I'm talking about people our age, you know, yes. um, obviously we know that there, this has been a, a, a years long battle and it goes all the way back to the beginning uh, of this country. And, and of course, right after the emancipation of the slaves, but in, in recent history, in our history, if you will, we've seen this over and over again. And to know that there was 30 to 50 officers convicted of killing a person on duty, wrongly killing a person. One of those people was Kim Potter. And now that number will increase by one because we have this person, Thomas Lane. And again, that's not nothing. So it's a slow, it's a slow build and it's a slow process, but we'll take it. Now, moving along, Andrea, how about the primary results in the important races? Uh, What's been going on with that? I think one of the main focuses of these midterm elections, uh, of course, is, of course, who's going to win, but also the influence former President Donald Trump still has. And there are a couple of battleground states where it's showing that he possibly, uh, his candidates, the ones that he's endorsed, uh, could actually pull out and be victorious uh, during this primary season and go on to be the candidate, the Republican choice for the November election. We have uh, the race in Pennsylvania where you've seen uh, Dr. Oz, who is former President Trump's pick, who's in a very hotly contested race with his opponent, and uh, they are going down to the wire. That means that you know the electorate, their electorate, pardon me, there, uh, at least the, re- the GOP or Republican electorate is highly split. So uh, that means to me, and that's this is just my opinion, and I know I'm a journalist, so I'm not going to hopefully uh, encroach on any kind of journalistic lines, but it seems as though he still has some bearing. 
Now, in Georgia, where former President Trump has selected his, uh, I guess, gubernatorial or candidate for governor, which is former Senator, um, I'm sorry, David Perdue, he's going up against one of the former president's nemesis, if you will, or one that he really kind of targeted and called out, which is the current governor, Brian Kemp. Hmm. And it's as though Brian Kemp may pull off the primary. That primary actually is on May 24th. So it seems in some states, the president or former president may still have a little bit of hold or control uh, and others, maybe not so much. So it will be very interesting to see. I I think it's going to also be interesting to see because, and I think it's very important for our community, the black community to understand the importance of these midterm elections. The people who will be in selected to to be in office, especially on that Senate level uh, and in Congress, they will set the tone of what we're going to see going into the 2024 election. So if there are any changes that are going to be made uh, to the electoral process, they they can be. I mean, we've seen this on the state level already. The states where there's a majority of GOP representatives uh, and senators in those legislatures they have overturned and over overhauled the electoral systems there that's giving those Republican bodies just an incredible amount of power. So I don't want us to be naive and think that that cannot happen on the national level. It can. But at some point, we're going to have to engage and we're going to have to be involved enough and discerning enough to understand you know, where we are in time. And I've heard several people say, including Senator Cory Booker, say that they feel like democracy is at stake. And if that is true, then we really do probably need to stop and say, hold on a moment. How do we engage the political process now to make certain that we are protecting our rights, that whatever has been gained through the civil rights movement and and years after that, that's brought us to today and the opportunities that we have today as a black community, that those are protected. Our rights right now, our voting rights seem sometimes to be under attack in some of these Republican led states. And if that's the truth, then we need to make certain that we are preparing ourselves and bearing up uh, to do whatever we can to protect whatever remaining rights we have. And I feel like uh, this will also be an interesting year uh, with the primaries because of everything that's going on. Uh, just nationally, we've got a baby formula shortage. Who would have ever thought we'd have a baby formula shortage? We've got gas prices, the highest they've ever been for most of us. And then, you know, I think a lot more young people are going to be engaged and getting involved because now it's messing with things that are affecting all of us really on an everyday basis, like our gas, trying to get to work or trying to wherever you have to go now, it's costing you a lot more money than it used to. Or, you know, young mothers who are now faced with how am I going to feed my young child? You know, breastfeeding isn't always an option for everybody. So there are a lot of serious issues. And then unemployment, the great resignation, that's Mm. what we are in this year. And you have more people than ever in history quitting their jobs. And it's just like everybody's looking for some type of change. And I think we're going to see an even bigger influx of maybe first time voters and uh, maybe young, hopefully black voters that get out there and do their part um, to vote and see the change that they want. Because whatever we have going on, you you really have to research who's in charge in your state. Because I can't put it all on the president, but 
he's he's at the head of it. But what you do in your state determines what decisions are made in the White House and mm. get made on that hill. So I, I think that it's going to be a very important year for young people to get out there and vote, especially ones who think their vote doesn't count. We're down to literally hundreds of votes between certain candidates like Dr. Oz and his opponent. They're, they were less than 600 votes apart, maybe a couple hundred, and they might even have to go to a recount based on the decision. Very interesting. And um, I'll be looking forward to the primary in my own state. I will definitely be voting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you both very much for your insight. Once again, today's guests are Black Information Network news anchors, Andrea Coleman and Bree Wood. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. Follow us on all social media at Our Daily Story Podcast. I am your host, Ramses Ja. Join us on Monday as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on Our Daily Story. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are, and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today.